Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel, and welcome to another show of Empowered Love. And, uh... Look, thank you for all of the feedback that uh, came in from last week's show with uh, Lisa E. Scott and myself in regard to narcissism. And it was so wonderful to have Lisa on. And there's just been so much feedback through from uh, Australian and American ladies that were listening in or picked the show up in archives that Lisa and I have decided to do a regular show, which is going to be called Narcissist Central, which we're going to be doing once a month. And it has actually been scheduled the first show, which is on the 20th of April. And we're going to be doing one every four weeks because we both just so passionately believe that it's really, really important that we get narcissism information out there and so that women can be empowered enough to know how not to hook in and play out the abusive pathological relationship with a narcissist and also how to identify it, uh, recover, pull away and heal if that's where you're at. But anyway, today's show is all about me wanting to interact with you and I really think that, uh, you know, this could be a really, really good idea because you can ring in or come into the chat room and put your questions up or ring in and I can talk to you and we can really, really chew it over. And the cool thing about this is, is so many of us are or have been in the same boat. It can be really uh, common sort of things that we get to realize that we can be going through and suffering through. And a lot of it, you know, it may be to do with boundaries. Maybe that's been a struggle in your life and you're not sure how to put boundaries. Maybe it's been a struggle to learn how to honor, love and respect yourself. Maybe you feel that you're struggling with codependency, that your life has been modeled on what other people are or aren't giving you rather than realizing that you're the power and the force that creates it within yourself. And, you know, maybe you are in a narcissistic or a relationship addiction scenario and you're wondering how to get out of that and how to move on and how to stop the same patterns that are occurring in your life. Or maybe you're single and you're wanting to know how to date successfully and in an empowered way so that you don't have to be waiting instead of dating and so that you can get to create the relationship that is a relationship that's going to work for you. So so I do invite people to call in today and to share and, uh, and we do have a caller here at the moment. So I'm just going to pick up, and this might be the lovely Kate who I've talked to with some emails this week. So let's just see. So Kate, is that you? Yes, that's me. Hi, Mel. Hi, Kate. How are you going? I'm, I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, look, I'm great, Kate. And look, lovely to have you on, and thank you for coming on today. And would you like to share what you would like to share? Um, yeah. Um, Yes, I was listening to your show um, last week with um, with Lisa Scott and about the uh, relationship with the narcissist, and I've I've been doing a lot of sort of investigating of that. Um, I uh, I was in a in a marriage for um, twelve years, and um, I thought it was a really good marriage, and I um, it, it's. It's been sort of interesting because a friend of mine's husband, who's a, um, a psychologist, after about 10 minutes of hearing me talk about my husband, said, oh, he's a narcissist. And I was kind of blown away because I would have never thought of him in that way at all. He, my mm. husband's always been a very 
kind, seemingly generous person, very loving. But as I sort of got to researching it all, um, he had a lot of passive-aggressive tendencies and depressions. And um, about two years ago, just kind of out of the blue, um, we we had uh, moved out to the Midwest, and we have a bed and breakfast together. And just kind of out of the blue, he was started acting kind of funny, and, and he told me, he said, he actually sent me a letter. I was away on a trip, and he said he didn't want to be married anymore. So um, I, I had kind of been through this with him before, and I always thought it was just um, depression. And so I came home, and I tried to talk to him, and he was just very adamant, you know, that he just wanted to be alone. He just wanted to be alone. So he, he moved out, and he got his own apartment. And, and two years went by of this, and about two months ago, I discovered that um, before he ever left me, there had been another woman, and he had been lying to me all this time, and in fact, he was already engaged to this woman. And so so I've been... What you were were saying last week about your um, guy that had pretended to have cancer for a couple of years. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it just really... you know, it was, I don't know, I just never knew people could have those kind of, I guess I didn't really understand what a personality disorder was and that people could have that lack of empathy and that they could pretend so well that you really thought they were, you know, your best friend and then all of a sudden, you know, they could just leave and, and you're just done, they're just done with you. Yeah, yeah, devastating. You poor thing, that must have come as a horrible, horrible shock. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, I'm still, I mean, it was bad enough, but then to find out that, that all this, all this time there's actually been another person, and, and he's been lying about that, um, yeah, yeah, just, it's, it's, to me, it's just, um, it's devastating, but it's also just unbelievable. Mm, mm, absolutely. Look, Kate, so much of this with us comes down to boundaries. And this is a thing, when we start getting empowered, we realize what boundaries are. So, okay, so for example, he looked pulled away or suggested that to you before that, so this had been a little bit of a pattern with him. I don't know if I want to be in this marriage. Like he'd said things like that in the past? Um, he had said things off and on, and I I knew that he had some pretty serious issues with depression. He was always on and off antidepressants, so every time he would yeah, yeah, say yeah. that, yeah, I would I would say, oh, well, maybe it's your depression kicking in, and he would go back on his meds, yeah. and everything would be fine. So okay, I and see, this is where, as women, we can go wrong. We never learned this, Kate. Because when we step outside of our own needs and what's safe and healthy for us and we start analysing someone else, and I certainly did that in my previous narcissistic relationship because I was worried he was insanely jealous and ridiculous and it wasn't healthy for me, but because I thought he had cancer, I stepped outside of my needs and into what I thought was his scenario. So what it comes down to in this, and, you know, often we learn this in hindsight, but it is really, really good for when we go into future relationships and also as a life skill, that when we move forward into life, we realize that we absolutely deserve to honor ourselves and we absolutely deserve to keep ourselves safe and speak up for what we need. So, you know, in a situation, in your situation with, let's say there was a man again, in the future, and there will be. And let's say he started to do that wishy-washy stuff. I don't know if I want to be in this, you know. And you would hopefully, rather than put it down to his condition, you just pull it back to, this is, I'm creating the reality of my life, and you'd be stepping up to the plate and saying to him, well, look, I hear you, but what I need and what I expect and what I want is someone fully committed. So go make your mind up. Mm-hmm. Okay? And if you can't step up to that, well, then we won't be together because that's not my reality. And that will either get somebody to move up into that space or you get to move on and create that truth for yourself. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's such a tough one to learn, isn't it? You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know yeah. what? When we do, everything changes. Everything changes. 
because no longer is our wife reliant on a particular person or situation getting their act together. They either do or they don't. And if they don't, well, then we get to create it regardless. Mm-hmm. And that gives us freedom to be our truth and walk our truth. So, you know, for example, my old pattern used to be men that pushed boundaries that were very, very insecure and jealous. Okay? Now they could give me all the reasons in the world their wife had left them for somebody, their mother used to have affairs, I've had trouble trusting women. You know what? Fooey to all of that. I don't care anymore. Right? I don't care what your excuse is. I deserve to be honoured and respected and trusted. And if you don't have the facilities to do that and the resources, go away. You're not my truth. So it's really simple. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, and look, of course, you know, that sort of stuff that you've been through is devastating. Of course, on a human level, it's devastating. But when we can pull it all in, and when we go, you know what, and this is a metaphysical, spiritual core root part of it, which I find heals people much, much quicker than any standard therapy ever has or ever will because we get to truth. And what we do, and it gets us out of victim, is we go, look, okay, there's some sort of energetic resonance in myself that has created a pattern here that has mean that I've attracted and sustained something here which has been really, really painful. Now, I can either walk through life saying, well, that was just bad luck and it was the wrong person and, the ba- and a bad deal, which means that I could walk forward into life and it could happen again and again, or I really take responsibility. I'm not going to blame myself. I knew no better. You know, I never had the conditioning. I never had the boundary awareness. Society never gave me that, let alone my parents. But if I understand that if I can change stuff about me, then I never have to go through that again. And I've actually got the gift out of that, that I've realized that I do have the power within myself to change, to adjust me, and to get boundaries and deservedness. And no, I'm my own source, and nobody is actually responsible for that. I am then your whole life changes for the better, not just in relationships, but in every single area of your life. So am I making sense? Uh-huh. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 uh, it's interesting because um, I suppose I'm what you would call, though I don't like to think of it at this point, um, at the midpoint of my life. <laughs> and... Uh, it's it's hard. It's hard because um, this wasn't my first marriage. wasn't my first relationship, and um, mm. I try. Um, try. It's. Um, I want to believe that I can turn it around, but it's. Yep. it's yeah, it's scary at this point. You know, I wonder if it's also ingrained in me that you know. Am I going to be able to really do that? Of course. Okay, so conceptually, let's just check this out, right? Okay, so conceptually, which means logically, you know that there are people that have. Uh huh. Conceptually, logically, you know it's possible. Right. Do you? Mm-hmm. Yes. Cool, 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 cool. That's great. That's a good start. Now, your body isn't feeling it yet, right? Right. In other words, for you, it, and that's totally normal, for you it doesn't feel yet like, my gosh, that is so real, that is so true, that's where I'm going, and I don't doubt that. You don't yet quite feel that, do you? No, not quite. Okay, and that would be really, really normal. So what has to happen here is your body has got to catch up. Right, which means that you've got to do the emotional reprogramming on this. Mm-hmm. Okay, and there's various ways that we can do that. There really, really is, and this is what self empowerment is all about. It takes work. You know, I didn't come from like a battered victim of a narcissist and become an empowered woman overnight. Absolutely, I didn't. I had to put the effort in, and the, and the cool thing is, is when we realise that you know our happiness and our empowerment is actually nobody else's job, it's ours. 
We actually get to claim it genuinely. We actually get to grow our own self-esteem, not borrowed self-esteem. And we actually get to become our own power in life. But you know what? We've got to work at it. It's not just going to, it doesn't just sort of, you know, we wake up one day and it's there. It, it's not like that. And this is what self-development and self-work's all about, is about empowering ourselves. And, you know, people can say, and I say this all the time on the show, people can say, well, that's really hard work, you know, and my response to that is it's hard work not to do it, especially when we're living out the same patterns and the same disappointments, which I did for 40 years of my life until I turned it around. No. So really, you know, what that's about, that's about doing that work with self, and that's why I love theta healing, because it changes your body, because it doesn't matter what we think, if our body doesn't get it, it's an impossibility, and we can check that out with muscle testing. You know, like you're only going to go where your body believes you can go. In other words, where your emotions believe you can go, because everything is actually created in this physical universe of like attracts like. If we don't believe something's possible, it isn't going to be possible. When we start believing it's possible, then we start actually creating it and doing it. But the cool thing is is that no matter where you've come from, you can get aligned with truth and you can start working on yourself through journaling, through you know, deprogramming yourself. I love journaling. I think journaling is one of the most powerful things I ever did and I committed to it for 18 months of my life every single night. I connected with myself and I worked through this stuff to empower myself. And you know, and that's why... Uh, you know, medically speaking, I'm an enigma. I should not be even better than I was before the abuse. I should be damaged for life, and I'm not. No. So, and I think this is the inspiration that we can all lean towards and we can all get towards is that, because Kate, if you were like looking back into your life and just being really, really honest with um, relationships, what sort of, because we always play our patterns. What patterns were going on in your relationships before this one? Hello, you there, Doug? Hello, Kate. I can't hear you. Can you can you hear me? I can hear you. Hello, Kate. Hello, sweetie. I don't know what happened there. Yeah. I couldn't hear I'm, you. Um, can you hear me now? So, Sorry, can you hear me? Uh-huh, I can. Fantastic. So if you were to look back into your relationships and patterns, were there patterns? Tell me about like the disappointment that was happening in other relationships. Um, well, I, I mean, I certainly think there was an, um, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, if I look at it now, um, a, a, a desire to want to fix things or to want things to be a certain way or a lot of idealism um uh, uh you know well, hey aren't we brought up on fairy tales yeah exactly exactly and <laughs> uh kind of you know i was right I, I was writing i don't know if you looked i was writing about that on my blog about um, i know and that's an amazing blog it's a great blog yeah yeah absolutely yeah and that's so keep going. my journaling i guess activity is to, to do, um, kind of to do, I do journal too, but it's been kind of fun just writing, writing that, writing that um, yeah. online thing. But yeah, that whole idea that, you know, you can have this happily ever after. And, and I kind of got to this point where I thought I had found it. And, and then, and now it's mm -hmm. like, oh, no, I mean, honestly, I, I don't think you really, I don't think that that's really a real thing. I think you can, you can. I certainly think you can have a, a partner that you live a good life with, but I think, I think as you said, you have to learn to be responsible for yourself, regardless of what the other person's doing. And and you can't well, fix somebody exactly else, right. and you can't you can't love them into wellness, which is, I guess, what I thought I could do. And you know, nothing is really safe and secure. Life is always going to throw you curves that you're not expecting, and and I, I mean, I guess I'm just learning, you know, that 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 we as women have to have to somehow find it in ourselves to be equipped to to deal with those curves. Um, yes, yes, definitely. And I think a, a really big metaphysical understanding is that actually there is nothing in our life that we can ever count on as being permanent. 
right. you know, whether that be even our children, you know, heaven forbid. But, you know, I, I, I friend, a really dear friend of mine, you know, one of her girlfriends had the most gorgeous soulmate relationship. He was divine and he got killed in an accident not that long ago. And, you know, those sorts of things are devastating. But the truth of the matter is there is nothing in our life and no other person that we can ever count on as permanent. And I think when we come to an acceptance of that and that our biggest mission really is to be love, absolutely, and to walk truth. And, but, you know, that's got to relate to ourselves. And I think where women, as we go, we can go very, very wrong is that we can pin all of that on one person and generally it's a love partner. And I know I did when I was with my ex uh, N and he was very high level N. I had a belief that he was it for eternity, that he was my whole life, my whole everything. And that's where I went very, very wrong because I ended up losing and being devastated and degraded and ripped to shreds hanging on to that belief and whereas now you know my belief about relationships always used to be the one the one the one now my belief about relationships is there an interaction which is very much about healing and it's very much about love and that relationship will be a constant in my life for as long as it's meant to be and for as long as I'm honoring myself and you know if that I guess contract or whether that time is up and you know there's no more growth there to be had that's actually productive and not destructive well then it's time for that relationship to be let go of and that's fine that's cool and it really is um, and I think that gives us a freedom that gives us a real freedom to be able to be with ourselves and to heal and to love ourselves and really not make that dependent on another person, which is precarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And our fairy tales did not endorse any of that, did they? They were very much <laughs> yeah. about, you know, our night comes in and we live happily ever after. Yeah, and nor did they endorse, uh, you know, okay, well now what do I do with my life after I've been, you know, left? And, and basically, you know, told, oh, I didn't need to work, so I have no real career left. And, you know, so, okay, yeah. so it's like, and now I'm in this midpoint in my life, so now what do I do? It, the fairy tale doesn't address that either. <laughs> yes, yes. And look, I relate to that so much. You know, I came out of all of that, which was my whole world, and it all smashed apart. And I was left with a smashed me thinking that there was nothing left there was no reason there was you know and and through really here I, I guess I made me my most important mission well I had to because I wasn't going to leave if I didn't so I made me my most important mission and then the real beauty of all of that was that who I was in the world and who I was meant to be started pouring out of me and the cool thing was, was that I actually had the freedom to express it now. I didn't have the walking on broken glass. I didn't have the, it was all about him. I was able to freely be myself and express that. And that was just a huge revelation that, you know, and I guess when we look at um, oppressed women and we look at, you know, some Middle Eastern countries or some stuff that goes on there, you know, women haven't even got rights in any sense of, and I can't even fathom to imagine what that sort of control and, and dictatorship that men have, how women, that's powerless, you know, that really is powerless and it happens in Africa a lot as well. But I guess, you know, here, we, and of course we don't feel lucky at the time, we feel like there's nothing. But the truth of the matter is it's about perception and when we heal and we get empowered, our perception changes. Mm -hmm. And then we start expanding and doing all the sorts of cool things that we couldn't when we were washing undies and socks and, you know, and worrying about him constantly. And the thing yeah. is, if you were with a depressed individual going up and down, so much of your focus was on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm starting to realize that that now. It's been inter it's been interesting, you know, trying to get get 
just get to a point where, well, what do I want? And what, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And if you just put as your first mission, and this is really important, what do I want? I want to feel well. I want to feel healthy. I want to feel empowered. I want to love me. I want to know that I deserve and I really respect me and, you know, and you fill yourself with all of that and you make that your mission, well, then the rest is going to unfold for you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to, trying to do. And, and look, you know, from what I looked at your stuff, you really are, which is fantastic. It's, it's great. Mm-hmm. It is really yeah. good. But, you know, when, you, when we dissect it all and we look back into those relationships that we thought were okay, mm-hmm. you know, really, how much of us was in there and how much of it was about his sickness, his problems, his issues? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you sort of, yeah, yeah I, I guess you you sort of, when you love somebody, you kind of don't really realize that. And then all of a sudden, one day you're sort of, well, especially when one day is when they leave, then all of a sudden you're kind of like, oh, my gosh, you know, here I was putting all this attention and love and caring and 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 then all of a sudden, you know, you realize the other person that it, it wasn't reciprocal. I, I mean, if it was reciprocal, they, they they don't just walk away, you know, and, with with nothing of you know no look back basically and so it does make you know I, I don't know the hard part has been sort of looking back and realizing how much of of my life that I invested in that and as you said it's not to say that I was I was a pretty strong person I think I was investing in myself and he was pretty supportive of me o- overall but at the same time in hindsight I realized I didn't I don't think I even realized how much of, of myself I had let go of and um, yeah. and counted on being, you know, that relationship just being something that it really wasn't. It really wasn't what I thought it was. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're not, but it becomes, it becomes our sense of normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it does become, it becomes normal. It becomes, you know, just, you, you, I don't know. I guess what I think is that you, if you love somebody, you just sort of accept that they're the things that are going on with them, and and you, you don't really question them until <clears throat> until one day you discover it's it's that's not it's not a reciprocal thing, you know that that they're not looking right. at you. It's like he had a laundry list, fifteen year laundry list on me that I had no idea. <laughs> you know, he may not have been saying right. the good. things that he was, you know, and so. So yeah, it just it it's like when you look back and you think, wow, I was putting all of myself into this, and and how do I get that back? And you really, it's really a matter of reclaiming pieces just a little bit at a time, and it it is hard work, mm. very hard work. Mm. And you but know, there was a really good book written that, and it is an American book, and it the book was written, and it's you know why do men marry bitches? What, what book you know, it? and it's a. Have you ever read it? No, what book is it? I'm sorry. Why do men marry bitches? Oh no, no, I haven't heard of that. <laughs> right. Well, it's a good slap across the face. It really is. And look, you know, that's an extreme way to put it. So I'm not endorsing being a bitch. Absolutely not. But what I am endorsing, and this is what I've had to learn, when women start to love and respect themselves, and you put yourself first. And I don't mean that in a selfish way. We have so, as women, been programmed to be Mm self-sacrificial. So it's all about the men, it's all about the kids, it's all about our friends, it's all about our community, but it's so not about us. And what happens is in this universal system of like attracts like, when we're not putting ourselves first, in other words, filling ourselves and making sure that our needs are met in healthy ways not in demanding ways but in commanding ways well then we don't get taken advantage of we actually have men in our space that really see you as an entity and a source to yourself and really respect that 
Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a very, very uh, interesting thing about women. Like we can cohabitate with women and we can be with women and we can be self-sacrificial and still be respected by women in a lot of ways. You know, because we understand that this is about empathy and we're empaths and all that sort of stuff. Men don't operate on that system. Their brain is completely differently wired to the way ours are. Men actually respond to a woman who respects herself, asks for what she needs, not in whingy, demanding, justifying, making excuses, poor me ways but in a woman that really communicates effectively, acts like a woman who deserves and acts like a woman who wants her needs met. Men respond brilliantly to that and it's very attractive to them and it's, uh, you know, it really is a glue that can hold relationships together very, very effectively. Now, our mothers didn't do that. Our grandmothers didn't do that. We were never taught how to do that. And this is where it's been so difficult for us. Mm-hmm. And do you think um, that, okay, men with personality disorders are turned off by that? Because that's what you want, I guess. <laughs> you know, well, I guess like, the thing is, men with personality disorders, we, you know, we, we want to be empowered enough that we can, you know, look, anybody with a personality disorder is very, very self-absorbed. And what they're going to do is they're going to mine you and your resources and make it all about them. Now, if we've got, we don't even want a relationship with somebody with a personality disorder. You know, it's not fun. And there's other people to choose from that don't. So, you know, like you might get, you know, people can be, people can push boundaries if we're not good at boundaries. And really, it's because they don't know where your line is. We've all done it ourselves and it doesn't mean that we're personality disordered. Maybe, you know, we've got a mum that does everything for us and we just take and take and take and take because she never sets any boundaries, okay? So, but the thing is when you have got good boundary function, you'll flush out people with personality disorders because as soon as you start laying boundaries with them, they are not going to respect them. People with personality uh, disorders have got an incredibly poor sense of boundaries. Their own and other people, they actually don't have the resources to understand boundaries. So you're going to, you know, so for example, if you're laying a boundary with somebody with a personality disorder, they're going to try and find another maneuver to get through your boundary. And when they've run out of maneuvers, the relationship is just not, and, and you're still holding boundaries, the relationship cannot uh, happen. It cannot. It cannot be. So we're very, very safe against personality disorders when we understand boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Because and and the good thing is is you know when we're and this is like you know like my dating experience. It's like uh, you know I used to be the girl that never really spoke up and there'd be a bit of wishy-washy behavior and I'd sort of be, oh, you know, and I'd be thinking, oh, there could be this reason or that reason or whatever reason going on in his life. You know, and it's really, really simple because what I just did with, uh, you know, people that I was dating, if they started sort of, you know, not saying what they were, not doing what they were saying or, you know, or sort of, you know, that icky, yucky sort of feeling like uh, something's not right here. You know, rather than me question or interrogate it, I'd just say, look, you know, my dating experience and what I expect is this. And, you know, you can either do that or you can't, and that's okay. But that's what I expect. And yeah. uh, they'd either step up or drop off. And, you know, and it doesn't have to be confrontational because I'm actually not saying, well, you are this or you aren't that, which is so defined as criticism to men. Men have got, because they're more egoic than we are, so they really can feel very criticized very, very easily. Even guys without personality disorders can take that the wrong way. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying you are or you aren't. I'm just saying who I am, Mm -hmm. and that's my reality. You're either that or you aren't. So, you know, and it gets really, really cool. So in relationships, women that can set boundaries and can communicate effectively and can say, you know, would you take the garbage out um, because you need a hand, but don't give him five different reasons and feel guilty and why I'm so exhausted and this is why I need you to do it. Just ask. Start asking for your needs to be met. Yeah, yeah. I guess what I 
what what I'm having trouble with is that I really thought I was setting good boundaries. And and when someone's passive aggressive and you don't know that when you're setting a boundary they're they're holding that against you because they're not telling you. Um yeah. I don't know. I, I really just thought I was being a strong, authentic person and, and now I'm you know, I've had to go through I've had to go through a lot of feelings that, oh, wow, it wasn't okay for me to be that way because look what it cost me. Oh, okay, I'm getting you. Give me an example so that we can, you know, reframe that. Give me an example. Um, Well, um, I guess guess an an interesting one that I have is that um, um, when, when I guess, Maybe even before we got married, my husband and I, um, I had a, um, a, a a guy that I had been in a relationship with who I had remained friends with, and and yeah. um, he was an artist, and and I kind of, um, you know, my boyfriend, husband to be husband, knew about him, and I said, you know, he'll, he's my friend, and I plan to keep a, a friendship with him, and and that's just that, and I. Yep. Had, really think anything of it and it now all these years later I realized all these years he was like threatened by that um yeah and and so I you know I don't know I just um that I mean that that's one thing and I, I was always just pretty strong about saying things that I liked or didn't like or yeah, or yeah, yeah. you know if he wanted to do something that I like since we've had the uh, B&B one of the things um Oh, he would always he would always talk about um, I don't know certain just certain things he would want to do like oh like oh I think I'll just get a motorcycle and 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 it, I don't have anything against motorcycles but but it's like when you don't have health insurance you know, it's kind yeah, of like yeah, yeah. People, you know we should maybe be careful with that and and not to say that he even had to agree with that but instead of just shutting up and sort of holding that against me. I I didn't I guess I thought we were in agreement about things but but we we yeah, weren't. Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. So, so with his passive aggressiveness, what was what was that like? What would he do? Um mostly just probably just shut up and and uh I mean we didn't really fight. We never fought. I mean, you know, we 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 hardly ever fought about anything. Um uh-huh. and uh I won. I guess you know. I kind of wonder now, after some of the reading I've done about the whole narcissist thing and the cerebral versus somatic, and I kind of wonder if he might have been like withholding sex as part of a punishment, because because yeah, it yeah, never yeah. seemed like he was into that. And yeah, I just yeah. thought, oh well, maybe he's just not into it. But now I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was and look, to, you know, depression does bring that too. It, you know, it certainly does. Depression does bring a lowered libido. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so he was, so he would minimize. So when there was like an issue, so okay, so with this friend that you were seeing, um, you'd say, well, yeah, and you have every right to. So you wouldn't take on his stuff about it. Um, what would happen when he wasn't happy about it? You'd just say, well, look, too bad. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but yeah. You could. I, I mean, it did reach a point finally where I I just wasn't really in contact with the person anymore because I felt like, okay, this is not worth it. You know, I don't want to lose my marriage over this. It's not worth it. And I think that's what happens is that you start giving away pieces of yourself that you don't oh, even you realize. Definitely yeah. Do. But he was but, able to meet this artist friend and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Um, at one point, yeah, but I mean, it wasn't like a, it was more like an email relationship, but it wasn't like we really got yeah. together and hung out or anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, look, you know, the thing is, unfortunately, adulterous people definitely aren't trustworthy. They don't trust other people as well. Yeah. And that can often be, you know, a dead ringer um, for that. Mm-hmm, Yeah. And that's something we're not realizing because I'm sure, and I know myself, you know, I, I, I trust and I trust unless there's a reason not to trust. And, you know, I think part of being a healthy, mature adult is that your partner can have friends of the opposite sex without you breathing down their neck. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and anyone, as an, 
Go ahead. Go ahead. But I think, you know, anyone is a healthy adult that doesn't have that capacity, um, you know, you've got to question that. There's, there's stuff going on there. Yeah. And this is something yeah. that I've lived out with a lot of men. But, you know, I was also brought up with a mother who my father was very like that and my mother always felt guilty or wrong if she had interactions with men and I really took that on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so I was often attracting men that were, that were very like this, you know, and I'd, I'd view friends of mine having guys that were really cool about it and I'd think, God, how does that work? You know, I've never had that. But, uh, you know, and that's, um, yeah, so you sort of have to question that. But, you know, if he's doing that whole, if he was doing that whole passive-aggressive, I'm withdrawing, I'm not even communicating, you know, and again, that can come down to a boundary where I guess you would feel like, um, and my N used to do two things. He was either very minimalistic where he would um, withdraw completely, pull away, be getting supply from the outside world, and I was like a non-event, or he yeah. would maximize and come in like a freight train and was all over me like a cyclone. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't much in between at the end of things. You know, but with that minimalizing and pulling away, and really it's like I don't have a partner. We're not on the same team. We're not even communicating. You're not even working on this. And my N in those times was in massive depression. Massive, mm-hmm. massive bipolar-like depression. Okay, and a boundary in that would have been, um, well, there was no working with him. There really wasn't. But a boundary, you know, in that with a partner that's pulling away or not communicating is basically like, you know, we need to communicate this out. And I understand if you need space and you need some time out, but we need to be a partnership here. Mm -hmm. Now, if you need to pull time out, tell me and I'll grant it. But you need to come back in and we need to interact as, as partners, as husbands and, and wife or as, as love partners or whatever. And if that ain't going on, I'm not doing a relationship by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have yeah. no need to. I'd be better off being by myself and clear the space for somebody who is willing to do a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And, and because, I, yeah, you're right. Passive-aggressive can be tricky can be really, yeah. really tricky. And, you know, right. women that are maximizers, and a lot of women are, and I used to be a big maximizer, like I'd jump in there, try and fix it, sort it. I want it done now. I couldn't grant men's space because I was too anxious. Mm-hmm. And women that do that will only shut men down more and they'll pull away more. But women do have to learn to grant space, but that space needs to be communicated so that you're not feeling unsafe and not wondering what on earth your relationship is while well, we're just hanging out for him to be vacant for however long he decides to be. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's not healthy either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, we just were not taught these skills. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true, we're not. No, so we do the best that we can and generally what we're doing is, you know, we're taking on um, a lot of what our mum might have done because that's really all we knew or, you know, we're just taking on our limited knowledge and what our triggers are and so were you more of a minimizer like you'd, um, yeah, you'd let him have his space because, because of his depression and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, and I would say things like, like you, you were saying, I mean, um, he, he was the kind of person who would be putting a lot of his energy outside the relationship, and, and he would come back, yeah. and I would say, you're taking all your energy out there, but I need you to save a little energy for the relationship, and, and yeah. he just, ne- you know, it just never, he just never really did, and, and I guess instead of, as you're saying, maybe having boundaries and saying this is not working for me, I just sort of um, said to myself, well, I want this marriage to work and I'm just going to let this be the way it is. This is the way it is. Yeah. So, you know, and that's what yeah. I did. And, and you know, eventually he just took all the energy somewhere else and never brought it back. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and then, I think and that's then, a really good lesson for women is to, you know, understand that 
you know, unless you're commanding, not demanding. Demanding doesn't work. Commanding is done by setting boundaries. And commanding can sound like a really hard word, but what it is is come and. Either come and or I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. it is so much about deservedness and respect for ourselves, and and it's cool when we recognise, you know, our patterns and what's been playing out, so that we can really change our boundaries around that, and and even be prepared in our future relationships to say, well, you know what, I'm maybe I am going to come across this again, maybe it's going to come up for me again. And maybe that's a really cool thing too because I really get to exercise my boundaries in this and maybe it may end and maybe, you know. So like I came out of my end massive relationship and I got into a relationship with a lower level end. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. I did. And, you know, there were some things I missed initially, predictably, uh, because I still wasn't quite there. And then as I went through the relationship and it became a relationship, I then got to uh, exercise my boundaries, my position, and I got to end it in an empowered way, mm-hmm. which was, uh, uh, and you know, my recovery from that was about two weeks as opposed to three and a half years. Yeah. And it cleared up for me what I needed to have cleared up for me. So... You know, it can be a cool thing when we're moving on to go, you know, like um, a friend of mine, she'd always had, you know, the guys that didn't commit, she'd sleep with them too early, um, she'd hang in there and hope, you know. So she learnt through Empowered Boundaries to qualify these guys to see if they were guys looking for a commitment or whether they were, you know, I don't know where I stand in love and I just want to meet somebody and see where it goes. And so she learned that she was an attraction point for those type of guys and that she could very, very quickly and very, very easily say, well, look, you know, that's okay, but I am actually looking for somebody who is looking for a commitment. So I won't waste your time and you won't waste mine and thank you for the meeting. And, uh, you know, before long, guys started coming in and started, you know, commitment guys came through which was really cool. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you might you know, might end up meeting guys that, you know, really sort of, you know, aren't giving their all. And maybe, I mean, everybody has a touch of narcissism. Of course we do. It, the whole human society does. It was modeled that way. But what we've got to do is say everybody has self-interest. Even martyrs have self-interest. They're completely giving of themselves in order to receive love and validation, right? So we're working in a whole society that has got self-absorbed issues. Some of them are unworkable. Personality disorders are unworkable. We don't need to work with that. But with anybody, they're not going to know where you begin and where you stop until you lay boundaries and until you command the love and respect that you deserve. And it can be done in a very clear, loving direct succinct way that doesn't offend anybody mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then we feel really safe about getting out into life and having a crack at it we mm-hmm. don't because look I know after my end horrible relationship and I hit a point where I was of course you know I was recovered enough to sort of cope a bit but then I was like lonely and I wanted somebody and I started dating from that framework and I was still terrified of it happening to me again. So, mm-hmm. you know, any of my experiences were just horrible and they were fraught with terror and I'd end up just retreating back into my agoraphobic shell because that's the only way I knew how to even try and feel safe. But as an empowered woman out in life, there's no fear of anybody or anything because I've learned that life is not about who can I or who can I trust. It's about trusting myself and speaking up for what I need and knowing I deserve it and knowing that there's no need to put up with anything less. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like really, hallelujah for my experience because without that experience, I would never have got there. Yeah, yeah. 
and uh, and you know that's what I love about it. But you know, I so empathise with your mourning and your pain. My God, I know. You know, after I left my my uh, N experience. Even after separation of assets and everything, you know, I was still seeing him on the sly. I still thought I was in love with him. Um, I couldn't imagine ever loving anybody else, even after the disgusting, destructive things he was doing to me. You know, I was so in that loss and that bereavement, it was worse than a death. Uh It really, really was. Because I guess with a death, you've got that closure. But when they're still on the planet, you don't. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> it's huge. It is huge, you know, and and that's why we've got to. Uh, you, and look, there are women, uh, Kate, that stay in that for the rest of their lives. Yeah, yeah. And as a metaphysician, you know, I've been doing past life research for so long, and it's just a huge part of what I do. But um, I've seen what that bereavement does. If you stay yeah. hooked and in breathing, you reincarnate, you'll attract it again and you'll do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's horrible. Yeah, that's horrible. what I keep telling myself. <laughs> Got to yes. work through this, come out on the other side. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's so worth fighting for. And, you know, really what you're fighting for is yourself. And when you get yourself, everything makes sense. Everything starts getting simple and no longer are we precariously reliant on stuff outside of ourselves for us to be ourselves. Right, yeah. And that is priceless. Yeah. And you know, and it's so worth going through these things because I think, you know, when our soul's ready to go to that level, which I believe is enlightenment for want of a different word, it's about knowing that your source and, you know, and I'm not saying this in like a, an egotistical way at all, you know, whether you want to call it God or source or life or creation, when you know that you actually are that and you can feel that and you can be that in life, that's enlightenment. And I really don't think, you know, these things happen to us unless that's where we're meant to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's pretty yeah. special. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, I try to keep bear that in mind. <laughs> Better things on the other side. So exactly, but really, you know, your mission now is because your body's been damaged and your body's felt the pain and taken it on, which is so normal. You know, that's what's happened. So your mission, it really is to clear your body of these pain and these charges, and to be able to reset it to the new reality. Mm-hmm. And that's the deprogramming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so peptide, you know, it's so physiological is that the thoughts and the feelings that we've had are really hardwired into addictions in our bodies. And our body's used to getting that peptide from our hypothalamus. It's used to getting the pain. And it gets hooked on the pain and then it wants to keep the pain going. And when we can change our thoughts and our feelings around that topic, that peptide changes to one of acceptance. And from acceptance comes bliss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And bliss is, uh, you know, the definition of bliss is I'm not blissful because I have a reason from something outside of me to feel blissful. My bliss is authentic because it's just through being a being that I feel blissful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I tell you what, none of us get to that without pain. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We just don't. You know, I don't think there's anyone on the planet that is just born as a blissful being. We've got to work our way there. Yeah. 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 So, my love, do you have any other questions around it that are going to, you know, just help you sort out some more and just reframe it a bit for you? Um, no, I, nothing I can think of, um, you know, at the moment. I mean, that really is what I'm trying to do for myself is, is do a lot of reframing and, and um, you know, changing thoughts, changing the way I speak things. And um, it's, 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 um, 
yeah, it's just kind of one one day at a time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's been great talking to yeah. you, though. Yeah, look, it's been lovely having you on, and, you know, I really think that that's... Um, you know, that's really going to help you as well. So we're just going to, we've got a few minutes remaining, and I just want to see if there's anybody there in the chat room, because I know you've all been sitting back and you haven't put anything up yet. You know, if you want to put up any questions or any relation to this in any shape or form, you know, that's what this is all about. Because I know in these topics, you know, a lot of people can really sit back. And that's why, look, Kate, it's been, uh, you know, great for you to come on and share. It's, um, you know, it's a huge thing to do. And it's so cathartic, isn't it, bringing it all out in the open? Yeah, yeah. And is it okay for me to say my blog if anybody's um, interested? Oh, absolutely. In um, it's... Um, it's morning, as in as in when you're in morning. It's morning journey dot blogspot dot com. And if anyone wants to, you know, follow my journey or comment or anything, I'd be glad to glad to have them. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. I guess I've been keeping it. I don't know, maybe for about a year now. So it's it's been interesting. Mm. And look, Kate, you know so much about this journey. Is Getting into the acceptance of it, you know, it's it's because there's really two ways we live life. There's acceptance and there's resistance. And you know, if we were to imagine a river, when we're in resistance, we're you know crashing through rocks. And when we're in acceptance, the tide just takes us around the rocks. And acceptance really is that whatever's being created in my experience is for my highest, not just evolution. So it's not just about lessons. But it's also, it's actually taking me to my highest expression of love, success and happiness. And if I can accept and if I can go with a river, you will 100% experience a relationship that in hindsight you'll look back and you'll go, oh my God, this is an equal relationship. Yeah, I have a present yeah. partner. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have a voice, we work as a team, I'm loved and adored. He's not out there getting attention and, and feed. He's actually yeah. with me and I'm a priority. Yeah. You know, have, yeah. and, and if your relationship had continued, you wouldn't have got to experience that. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be great. Wouldn't it be beautiful? Mhm. Mm yeah. Yeah. Well, you deserve no less because you know what? That's what spiritual equal partnerships are all about. Yeah. And that's where this whole planet is going. They are going to be the relationships. They're going to be the template. And if you know, and if there's parties that aren't involved in those relationships, they're not going to succeed. They're not going to work. Yeah. Because it's all about love, authenticity, and community. And that's the shift that our planet's in. So, And this is why so many relationships have been breaking down. And it's just uh, huge out there. Yeah, yeah. Because the old order is going and the new one is coming. So, And it can be really... And there are guys out there, absolutely, there are guys out there that are suitable, 100%. So, Kate, thank you for sharing today. It's been lovely having you on and really yeah. brave of you to come on. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed it very much and I wish you all the best with your... Yeah, show. and I wish you all the best and stay in touch. And if okay. people want to look at Kate's blog and get involved, that would be awesome. And also so you can all support each other and, uh, you know, people that can relate to Kate's journey and... Uh, Good luck with it, darling. Keep me informed. And, and, you know, if you want some energetic shift work, talk to me about that because I can really help you with that. Okay. All right. Sounds great. Thanks All right, so darling. Much. Well, you take right. care. Oh, she wanted... All right. So, everybody, thank you for listening in. And I'd really, you know, let's have some more participation. Don't sit back. So, okay, you guys, next week, we're going to be doing another one of these shows so you can ring up and really get to uh, work some stuff through or to uh, reframe it, which is really important. 
and um, yay to empowerment and creating the life we want. So, okay, take care, and until next week, I'll talk to you then. Okay, bye-bye.